I talk to strangers day or night. I talk to strangers in any kind of line. It makes sense to me to believe in the kindness and the trust I receive. I talk to strangers. I talk to strangers. Tonight with Jordy Thompson, uh, otherwise known as my husband. Hi, Jordy. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? I'm good. The subject of the podcast tonight is um, when the stranger is your spouse. The stranger you know. Exactly. The more you know. The stranger you know well. So, how long have we known each other, Jordan? Um, <clears throat> since uh, 1992, so is that 27, 26 plus years? Oh my gosh. Yeah, we started dating in December of 1992. Nice. We were 22 years old. 22 years old. That was a long time ago. It was. So, when we first met, we met through a mutual friend <clears throat> at a dinner party. Um... Shout out to Raj, who didn't actually intend to set us up in any way. No. <laughs> we were both in New York, though. All three of us were in New York. Yeah. <clears throat> I was still in school, and you were, had graduated. <laughs> <laughs> I had graduated. So, it was funny, because I remember what I liked about you. You were sitting across from me at this dinner party, and I remember... We were strangers, then. We were strangers. Absolutely. And, um, and the song came on and you got all excited, totally animated. And you said, this is my brother's band. And you were really excited That's about right. it. My brother, uh, Webster was, uh, had started a band called Webbed Feet in Tampa, Florida. And they, uh, I think self-published an album. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> they, yeah. Um, and uh, Raj had it for some reason. I guess I maybe I gave it to him or he bought it. And he put it on, which was exciting. I know. I thought it was so cute how excited you were about <clears throat> your, it being your brother. And I thought, I don't know why I did a double take. And I thought, I, th- I guess when I meet people who are really enthusiastic, I usually take note of it. Because sometimes people don't register that much enthusiasm. Right. Yet I did. And I, it sounds like some of your other... The other folks that you have interviewed for this, uh, the ones I've listened to or experienced firsthand, um, uh, they were also very enthusiastic. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. When I, when I meet a stranger who shows enthusiasm, I feel like we already know each other, right? <clears throat> yeah, and do you also think that that will make for good radio Oh, <laughs> you mean for the podcast? Yeah, but when I met you, no, well, no, I'm not. I'm t- talking about like, yeah, okay, so that's. Well, no, in I mean, general, I guess you it's feel that, that way, which is why you wanted. To well, talk the people to who would be game to <clears throat> do a podcast probably are the enthusiastic people. I mean, yeah. I guess you know my thing is with Inspirecore or the work that I do. I always feel like everybody has it in them to be enthusiastic. I think there's just a fear. Like I thought about for you. You know, with with 
well, I dare say not normal people, but with people who are sort of, you know, a lot of people are concerned with how they're going to come off, right? Mm -hmm. So it takes a certain amount of self-confidence to just show enthusiasm, you know, because you're not registering in that moment what anybody else around you is thinking. You're just, you're reacting in a very natural way. Yeah. I mean, you have to have a certain amount of comfort that you're, I mean... A lot of the things I get enthusiastic about, I do feel people look at me like I'm <clears throat> a freak show. But you do Including you. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, which brings us to our next, you know, kind of the point, which is, you know, you and I have been together all a this very time, long time. Right? We've been married since 1996. That's right. You got it right. Good job. <laughs> I so yes, rarely married, remember. Uh, 23 years. Yeah. Almost. Come July. And, you know, I feel like at the beginning, there were things, you know, there were a lot of things we sort of compromised about. Like, you got rid of your entire record collection. Eh, but that was that was a, a couple years in. Um, I, and records meaning CDs. Sorry. No, CDs. I'm just saying. It's true. CDs. <clears throat> the great thing about the digital music is I can go back to listen to all the things that I got rid of. But yeah, we were, I, I was saying we were playing adult because we were listening to jazz, making dinner. <laughs> well, we found certain things that we both liked instead of the things that we had liked. I yeah, mean, no, that's true. You certainly are not a fan of my sort of pop music. I mean, I listen to all kinds of music now, but I think pretty much then... You know, yeah. I, the last band we both liked was Cake, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, no, because before like. that there was a lot of. Music. Oh yeah, well before that we listened to a, well we listened to a lot of jazz and classical in those. We years. listened to jazz and classical, right? And then, but it, but and it's we, interesting. Yeah, and we and and you were still watching television back in those days, right? Although you did, rip we had the, Thursday you night the cable out when we moved into our first second apartment together. Yeah, I've never had cable television. <clears throat> I didn't have it growing up and I wanted it the whole time. And then somehow I just, once I had the opportunity to get it, I just found it loathsome. Right. And, and, I don't now know you, why. and now you don't need cable because you can watch everything over the top. Well, I don't watch anything, as you know. That's true. And you watch. But now I can. <laughs> well, this brings me to, a, yeah. One of our big marital um, issues actually is that you listen to a lot of podcasts and watch a lot of shows. I do. I listen to a lot of podcasts. That's relatively new. But the watching of the shows is not. Now I start watching a lot of movies. But we don't do that together. We used to. We don't actually have a, a family <clears throat> television. Well, we do. It's just in our well, older son Eli's room. Right. So, uh, when he moved into that room, It was we the lost enticement him. to get him to move out of the co-brother room. Yeah. When neither one would budge because they had both lived there for so many years. But why? I mean, so so going on, you know, a while back, the kids started, you know, they weren't babies anymore. And we sort of had this moment in time when I stopped working and I was around and sort of, I guess, finding myself somewhat. Definitely. Say yeah, I, of course. I was having a little bit of a midlife crisis just kind of figuring because I, you know, we'd both worked full time. All the time and come home and I took up cooking so I cooked a lot but you and then we watched TV. We were, oh, yeah, no, exactly. We were, from yeah. the beginning, it wasn't like you. I'm saying you didn't leave your job at mending up cooking. You were cooking sauce. Right, right. No, I was cooking. But the point is, when I stopped working, <clears throat> then I had to kind of figure out 
who I was, how to fill my time when I wasn't with the kids and you. And right. I started well, going it's sort out of like, to like I mean, music I don't know, more. I mean, I don't know what you... I guess we've never really talked about what you imagined was going to happen, but uh, uh, when we realized that you could stay home yeah, <clears throat> to spend time with the kids because you were basically miserable in your job. Right and no were, offense to anybody I worked. No, with. no, I mean it wasn't. <laughs> or, <laughs> well, I think or, the balance. Or plenty of it. No, well, kidding. I think the balance was hard. Well, that's also, what I'm saying. The kids started to get to the age where they were, you know, starting to, um, I, you know, they were in school. Weirdly, they were in school, but then coming out of school and they were learning. And I think you felt. And then we also had, you know, we had a bad incident with that. Um, Oh yeah, our babysitter. We got had a temporary the- babysitter actually after our babysitter Jackie got hit by a car and was and you know she was ended up being okay, but <clears throat> she was out of commission for a month or two. Yeah, yeah, that was and- scary. Having someone take care of the kids <clears throat> and then come to find out that she'd been treating them horribly. Yeah. That was that was probably that did have an impact. Yeah, on- I think it probably did. And then you yeah. didn't, you know, your job itself. I don't know, whatever. But, and then my, I was sort of, you know, continuing to um, sort of get paid more, really, is what it boiled down to at my job. Well, it's funny, you know, because you know how I tell you people always say to me now, like, oh, you married a finance guy, huh? And it's so funny because we know, like, at the beginning, I mean, first of all, you were in your fifth year of college. You were living with your parents. <laughs> no wow. offense. I'm well, what do you I'm mean? It's like, you're, you're living with your college. parents. No, but I mean, you didn't know what you wanted to do. You're an English major, which I found very appealing. It we didn't bother writers, me. We were writers, remember? That's right. Well, one of us was. Well, that was our first there. date, because you called me ostensibly to say, when's that writing group happening on a Friday night? Yeah. And then, did we go out that night? Or uh, I don't remember. I mean, it was not long after. Yeah. But it was the it was my... We're <clears throat> starving artists. It was. Yeah. <laughs> well, when we moved to Chicago, I mean, I got a job at the Goodman Theater, which paid five fifty an hour. And then you got me a job. <clears throat> and then, well, after being yelled at by over and over again, I kept needling the one of the managers of the Goodman Theater box Cause, office because I was unemployed. Because you no, because they had no. I remember they they were going to hire you in the in the. Um, telemarketing department of Goodman and you really didn't want to do that. Oh, yeah. And then you, and you went to me and said, can you get me a job in the box office? And I'm working on it. And then I got yelled at, but then they hired her and me. And then they, that was fun. Fired us two months later, which is what they did after the seasonal rush in the fall. Oh yeah. And so we all got fired and then we all, we both temped. This is funny. Uh, we both temped for the same temp service <clears throat> and they would ask you, do you want the, you know, six fifty an hour job, where you're like, you know, you know, a drone, whatever the hell you do, seven fifty an hour, which is like if you go to data entry, mm-hmm. you know, eleven dollars an hour or whatever for this, you know, doing writing, and I think was it fifteen, and maybe fifteen is too high, but you would some, maybe it was the this eleven dollar one in Chicago, the eleven dollar one that you had to. You were like a legal writer, right? Isn't that where you got that job at that yeah. law firm? No, I was just a transcribing well, deposition. Whatever it was, it was like, Steph's like, yeah, I can do anything. Give me the $11 job. And I'm like, oh, I'm good at data entry. <laughs> Why you would ever say you wanted the less? Ex- I mean. <clears throat> well, see, that's what's so interesting. Listen, okay. listen, 
I survived all the other data entry people that got fired, okay? Right. Which I saw multiple times. And I got my, I did my work so fast that I didn't make as much money as I should have, so I learned my lesson there. What? Yeah, they you told mean, me they, I did it in yeah, such still, quick time. They, 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 they let me go. Really they were well, done. Then you, but then you got that internship. I, I should have slowed down. Right. Anyway, but the point is... I'm sorry, these too many details. Yeah. <laughs> minutiae of our life. This is, yeah. But this I, is my podcast, Minutiae of My Life. Yeah, no, I'm not <laughs> so interested in the details. And I maybe other people are, but I don't know. <clears throat> Probably not. But <clears throat> I guess the point is, is that... What I was getting at was that people sort of imagine that I married this like financier, and that the truth is is that you didn't know what you wanted to do, and I was very directed. I was in journalism at Northwestern, and I right. kind of went a little wonky there you, because you it was hard to get a job. Since you were fifteen years old, right? Yeah, and I knew what I wanted to do, so it was kind of funny because then. You know, you never really know. And I know a number of years ago, you made a comment to me like, well, you kind of pushed me in this direction or something. And I was like, no, I imagined you'd be the starving artist. You well, know except what I mean? you like, did, except when I was temping, you did say to me, when are you going to go get a job? I think that's probably what I was a thinking job. of. But like, <coughs> te- I mean, temping's a job. I definitely did never, never expected you to go into finance. And when you went to public policy school, right, you're, I you're thought jumping, that was... You're jumping in. I'm just saying it's like... Well, it's okay. I don't think that's true. I don't think people need. The no, no, exact we need to. <laughs> I mean, no, they need to hear every day until no, we got and every today. job. No, not so much. I guess the reality is, is that when we talk about our spouse as strangers, you know, things happen over decades where your expectations are one thing, and then reality becomes something different. Like I was your. Uh, you know, Thursday night TV in Chicago when we were first married was like our biggest yeah, pleasure. Yeah, must-see right? TV. That's right. We'd order in Thai food and watch TV. And our, and our friend Chrissy would sometimes come over. That's right. And watch. So the fact that like now, these days, I go out a lot. I love live music. I always love dancing, but I... I guess when we were when we met, and you're not the biggest fan of going. I've out. never been a late night person. And no, never. No, and and when and earlier on, and most for most of our relationship until whatever number of years ago, you were mostly not that either. But then you know you were when I go to my reunion. You were working. Then I yeah, would go every out five late. years. Yes, or my <laughs> every holiday five party. Years. Yeah, my ad age holiday party was always a wild one. Yeah, but that was like whatever, and then you still actually came home earlier than you do most of the time now. Yeah, it's funny. So, so do you feel? I mean, it was tough when I first started going out late. How did you? It feel? was an adjustment. Uh, I was just just more like worried about where you were and stuff. Um, you know, because like the part of the problem is, <clears throat> although maybe it would have been worse without this, but with the cell phones and you call and people don't answer because you know for all the reasons that you don't hear your cell phone or whatever. It's like, all right, it's three in the morning. Like, what the fuck? Pardon my language. But, you know, but then over time, you just have to sort of, I just, you know, it's like, okay, well, this is important to you. Um, I don't want to do that. I don't also don't want to have that be a reason why we're not together because there's all the reasons why we stay together, which we can get into if you want. But, uh, <laughs> but, <clears throat> Um, you know, at some point you say, well, this is something that, I mean, it's so weird now because it doesn't even seem strange at all now that you do it. 
and that you, you know, like I'm going to see music and just like, all right, see you later. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to watch a war movie or something or whatever. I'm going to watch the Umbrella Academy. (laughs) Um, I'm going to listen to the 1700 podcasts I listen to. So, um, you know. But it's interesting because I think, you know, people are always kind of shocked that, including the Uber driver who was like going to reverse and bring me home when he found out I was married with kids and going out at 11 o'clock. Well, there's always another Uber driver. That's the good news. Well, but there is a lot of judgment about that, which I wrote about in my column recently. But, you know, it's funny because you and I have worked out a lot of things like that where... You know, even people will say, you know, when the talking to strangers or friends that I make that people feel like, well, you're married. And I don't know. I guess that's the interesting part, right? Like we choose to get married, especially those of us who get married super young, right? We met when we were 22. And you're not, I mean, you have so much understanding yet to develop about who you're going to be. I mean, you... I guess yeah. that's why I brought up, you know, you ended up in a finance job and I ended up quitting my job. And so people who meet us now have this vision <clears throat> of who we are. And, and you know, we're married. We live in Park Slope. We have two kids. But, you know, we've had to really navigate a lot. Well, right. So it's interesting because I think about <clears throat> um, when I grew very unattractive facial hair, which you liked, but it was... <laughs> I like any it facial hair. It was bu- a, a weird, bushy goatee that didn't connect everywhere. And kind of like, all right, it's like, all right. But <clears throat> um, on multiple occasions... I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> I was just <clears throat> commenting on the throat clearing. Well, sorry, I mean, I, 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 I have allergies. Um... You know, people be like, you don't look like someone in finance. And I'm always like, well, I'm also in like a weird part of finance, which is a little bit. And I don't need to get into the name of my company if that's okay. But um, the people who know us will know who it is. But, you know, the point is like I'm not in the – I'm not at the at Goldman Sachs like working – Crazy you know, hours. Working crazy hours making so much money I can retire at 42 because I'm well over that. So And I'm not retired. Um, so – You know, part of it is just like what people's expectations are when they hear finance. And, you know, we, I think we, we, you know, we live in New York City. And I remember I went to my high school, a high school event years ago. And I told the school nurse who happened to be there for some reason, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, I do this. And she's like, oh, with the money. (laughs) And that's what she said. And I'm just like, and I just looked at her and said, this is New York City. Like every I went to a private school. Every Everyone you educated their parents were, at least one of them was probably in finance or real estate. So, you know, <clears throat> this this sort of feeling about, oh, people in finance are, you know, horribly evil subhumans. And, you know, there's probably a piece of that. Um, a piece perhaps. of that what? Yeah, that's we're all true. subhumans. Yeah, there's a piece that's true. Yeah. <laughs> you go to work. There's a part that says, yeah, I, I failed at everything else. This is easy. You um, sign on the subhuman. <clears throat> yeah, whatever. But the point is like, my, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, the point is that, you know, I want, even if you go back to like living in New York and telling people or in our neighborhood that you went to private school and that you work in finance, it's just like, well, I might as well be, you know, now I don't have to tell them anything else because they now know exactly who I am. Well, they make a lot of assumptions. I mean, people, that's, that's what I mean. Right. That's what I'm saying. 
Well, that's the interesting part, you know, and I think, you know, the two of us, the people who knew us back in Chicago when we were first married and living in Chicago. A lot you less know, judgment there, actually. Well, I mean, we were all young. I don't know that people well, we were young, like, cared so much what you did and, and there are entry yeah. level positions. No, and everybody and, we knew was working somewhere like just. <clears throat> yeah, entry level stupid. I guess we knew some people probably that were having a little better jobs, but it was like, oh, oh man, I got a raise. I'm making twenty three thousand dollars a year, and and you know, yes, it was nineteen ninety four dollars or whatever, but it was still like, you know, when I moved to Chicago, my rent was two hundred fifty dollars a month, <clears throat> um, living with four other people. Yeah. And, you know, you and I actually purchased a car. I, I inherited a car, a, a crappy used car from my parents who were like, we don't want this anymore. We had that, but then you and I bought a car together when we were making a lot of money. I don't know. It's just like all that stuff, everything was a little bit more of a struggle, obviously. But um, it's interesting because now... we didn't now, have children. <laughs> well, yeah, we didn't have children. And, you know, you've done very well, and that's allowed me to not have to work and I've kept myself busy doing a lot of different things starting this little nonprofit that I have and doing writing and trying to explore writing but it's also led me into this sort of world that you know I think we talk about this sometimes that if I had stayed working nine to five you know staying out till all hours was probably not Would have been but I still Although you do still get up early, I get yeah. up super no, early no, it's true. so I guess I just stopped getting as much sleep but the stresses <clears throat> of a nine to five job are different too well I mean so I I, yeah I mean, you lose sleep over that all the time yeah well, one does I mean. yeah I yeah I remember when I was working <clears throat> and had deadlines and things looming that that was very stressful I mean not that not that doing what I do now isn't stressful in its way because, you know, I have events, I have to get people there. I, you know, trying to be entrepreneurial has been a struggle, which you've been quite patient with. And it's it's just interesting, I think, in terms of talking about our spouse because we live together, right? We sleep in the same bed. We eat dinner together a lot. You know, we, we've had children together. And, and the thing is what I... I I feel like very proud of the fact that we've worked through this and we do have sort of separate interests and, you know, separate lives to a certain degree. I mean, there are a lot of, you know, your friends at work and people I don't really know and people that I know and go out but with. But that's, I mean, that's not unusual for, I mean, most people have like work Friends and colleagues that your yeah. spouse doesn't know. I don't think that's, you know, necessarily whatever. But it's just kind of like, I think, moral in the lines of <clears throat> we're not, um, we do have to compromise on quite a bit, but we're not necessarily going to compromise on the things that are like, look, this is something that's important to me. This is something that helps me get through all the shit that I have to deal with, that everyone right. has to deal with. Um, these well, are yeah. interests and, you know, that <clears throat> you shouldn't have to curtail, right? Because, you know, th- what, what what's the point? What's the point of going to work every day? What's the point of, you know, raising a family if you're not doing it for sort of the, the reasons why you're doing things? I don't know that's very convoluted, but I'm, you know, just thinking about... <laughs> well, there, we all have right? our own I mean, reasons for why we do what we do. <clears throat> right. And if being compelled be unhappy, to... If you're going to be unhappy in in your in your home life, which you know, 
I think we both feel should be a supportive environment, even if what you mean, you kind of like. And it isn't always. Let's be honest. No, of I mean, let's not. not. Let's not. You know, no, of sort of sit not. here and make it like. Oh no! Oh, I'm every not, day I'm, is just a joy. No, no, no. I don't mean. I, I'm not saying you were saying that. <clears throat> but I'm saying I think it's important when you talk about a, marriage. There's a lot of. Crap, it is obvious, but you, right? I mean, I I'm both praising us for for being no, I, you I, know I, being able to work through <clears throat> a lot of these things, and also acknowledging that. It's not like it's been easy. There's been a lot of arguments and upset over the years trying right. to navigate these things, right? No, of course. I mean, I'm just what I'm saying more on the line is the I think that <clears throat> there's an ideal, right? I mean, there's an ideal about how you really think when you're in your clear moments of like you know, who's going to do this job, who's going to take care of that thing because there's a lot of that stuff who's gonna walk the dog who's gonna make dinner who's gonna clean who's gonna do all that stuff and right we you know our children are teenagers and there's only i mean listen unless we were going to become you know the 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 greatest disciplinary parents ever which we just aren't you know it wasn't like all right you know like the families with eight kids where the old two older kids take care of all the rest of them and as you go to work and whatever (laughs) we didn't have that we had the like, you know, <clears throat> somewhat, probably somewhat classic, you know, uh, you know. What? Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to word it in a way that doesn't make me sound like an asshole. Um, you know, searching for words. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, so you know, you want your kids to be happy. You want your kids to thrive. You want them to succeed. But you also don't want to make them feel like shit. Which is again, this is these are the kind of things that make a lot of people. You know, this maybe contemporaries of ours and older people, certainly our our parental units maybe sometimes are like, oh, you know, a little bit more discipline would have been good. And, you know, our kids are great. Um, they're they're respectful. They they don't eat all their vegetables and they don't necessarily <laughs> <clears throat> do all their homework all the time and they don't do but they've Well, they use foul language. They partake in certain things that maybe you know, yeah. people well, judge yeah, without getting you know? into details. We're not getting into details, but I mean, I think the reality is is that we, their teenagers, are doing all the stuff you did as a teenager, meaning you, the listener, <laughs> not Stephanie. You did as a did as a teenager, and you things. have to acknowledge that they're doing that. And and we've tried not to take the like, well, you have to have a hard line, even though you were out there doing all kinds of shit your parents didn't like. And I know from the fact that. Uh, my parents are doing shit their parents didn't like and going on right. and on. Well, I think that's the whole point about a household <clears throat> and the whole idea that I think we're exploring in this podcast, which is, you know, we are in a way strangers to each other sometimes, right? We all have, we have different uh, interests, different, you know, proclivities, different things. And, and we've... We've had to learn to navigate them, right? Without ridiculous amounts of strife. Because when I see when I see people who are kind of always hitting up against not wanting things to be the way they are, realistically, <clears throat> it's I, I think it gives me pause and it makes me come back into our situation and try to be as honest as possible about my needs, you know, figure out what everybody else's needs are. Because, you know, like I said, compromise is rough. Like, I'm almost 50 years old. And Whoa, really? <laughs> a couple years. Child bride. 
But the thing is, is that, you know, if I don't do things now, like a friend of mine said recently, you know, I'm going to be 90 soon and in a home and I'm not going to be able to do them. Like, go dancing. So You can go dancing at 90. <laughs> hopefully. Well, I mean, I'm going to hope. I'm going to put it yeah. out there that I, that I it, will. Right. So that's what I was thinking. Back to what I said an hour ago, which is about this ideal, which I think the ideal is um, making sure, like you're saying, making sure everyone is getting their needs met without sacrificing your own. That's the ideal, right? The ideal is that everybody gets what they want and nobody else has to compromise. So that's the ideal. Um, Obviously that's impossible. Um, But I think what, what, what we've tried to do is say, and raising the kids is tough, right? Because you have to make sure that they understand that life is going to be there. You know, when you're a child, your ideal is something that's probably not what your ideal is going to be a few years later. Even your ideal is going to change consistently as you, you know, as you have to go out into the world and face the ideal without, you know, consistent support. Yeah. And even support in your own family is not always consistent. But. but I think as adults, I mean, you know, we're facing the kids like Eli's graduating soon and, you know, going to college and then Oscar a couple of years behind him. And, you know, it's, it's sort of dealing with those things and trying to figure out, you know, what does work. And, and if, you know, and famously I had written that article years ago about, you know, Oscar what catching me say about, you know, he asked me, do you want to divorce daddy? And at the time, you know, I was having a lot of those thoughts. I mean, they, they had occurred to me, which was upsetting. And I, I didn't want to get a divorce because I think you and I get along well. I mean, we care about each other. We, we do make, we have made a life that's, that's pretty good. And we share children and we share a household and all these things that made me not want to give that up but there there are always challenges you know and an ideal you'd have someone who was just your exact doppelganger who'd like to do everything no, you like no. to do that'd be the worst i really think that would be horrible because that person never pushes you to do other things right so it's like hey you know you want to do that thing that you always like to do I'm like yeah let's do it again and you have yourself you don't need a doppelganger because you're always with yourself right so the point of isn't kind of the point of being around other people to introduce you to things that are a little bit different? Stephanie's looking at you like, really? That's really how you feel? <laughs> no, no. It's, no, I mean, I I'm talking that. about like once no, every couple of months. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, I'm just saying like... Yeah, absolutely. No, somebody introduces you to different things. Well, I mean, and- yeah. I mean, you and I, I think, have at least made, our, made each other think differently. And actually, I have to say the kids also, you know make me think differently about things all the time. And I'm always actually kind of amazed that they bring a, you know, of course, egocentric parent. You think that, that you must have been on everything they've ever seen or done must have been filtered through you. And it's not true. And all of a sudden, I mean, for a good example is my proliferation of podcasts that I listened to began with Oscar, um, Introducing me to a uh, role-playing game podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the Adventure Zone. Uh, 
little plug for very the yeah very, little, they don't need any plug they they do very well but then that just proliferated into a variety of others and now Oscar and I sort of tell each other about podcasts mostly I, he doesn't listen to me but um, well that's what's so <clears> interesting right and we've had to navigate that because. Often, you know, the two of you will sit at the table and I'll start to get angry because I don't know anything about them. And (laughs) And comic books. I mean, that's part of it, right? Is that that the differences sometimes are pronounced because what you want to talk about, you can't share it. You know, when we used to watch all the same shows, you know, that was something that we, we could share. And now we have other things. I mean, we take walks on the weekend and we have dinner together and, you know, there, there are plenty of commonalities, but I think, I think what's interesting is as you live your lives together, that you, you have to get, at least for us, we've had to, to get to be more understanding of the differences and how we're not going to force each other to change. Right. Yes. We're not going to force each other to change. Well, no. Well, we've certainly made that agreement because we realize it's not going to happen. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I remember coming out of a marriage counselor's office and sort of (laughs) saying that. Like, there are things that you... (laughs) A marriage counselor's office. Yes. We've only really seen... Well, we saw one for two sessions and then another one for... How many? Eight, maybe. Yeah. But it was interesting. We, f- we fired them all. Yeah, well. Eventually. At some point, other people have judgments time. that don't necessarily fit. You know, because because you and I do live <clears> a little <throat> bit, you know, there are things that would not fly for other people, mm-hmm. you know? And, and It's I, quite outre. Is that what you're saying? Well, I, I don't know about that. But I just, I know that, like, being honest with each other about what we need and actually kind of having hashed it out is... Uh, is, is a little bit different because I do think that in marriage it often seems easier to just um, ignore things or not talk to each other about them. Because... Well, but therapists are supposed to have you help you have those conversations. Oh, yeah. But I think our problem was we were already having them. Yeah. And then, like, and it would lead to discord and then... We, well, we need to see a therapist, and we go right. see a therapist, and and well, this, it's good to have a third this, party. This for this really hard this person, this our 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 last therapist. I mean, again, we only had two. One we saw twice, I think, and that was like, yeah. nope. Um, and then the second one we saw for a while and got us through a couple of really tough things, um, and uh, and then it became kind of like. It wasn't just because he was judgmental. It was also because it's just like... One of the things about conflict is that... Is that if you're having the conflict, which we were, and you're... I think we were kind of dealing with the conflict, and it was difficult. If you go in and then you... And the third person can witness the difficulty and try to give you advice, but then they're just another person witnessing the difficulty. You know what I mean? So now it's like, oh, great. What are we going to do now about, you know, Well, I think his, op- his opinion no. was that that I needed to change. You know, sort of he, he had yeah. some judgment. He was, was a little more conservative. Was, so my talking to strangers and hanging out with other people was just definitely something he thought was not right. okay. <clears throat> and And I pointed out, I think, to you that there were, you know, aspects 
of things that you did that I might change. Oh, no, I mean, I, but that listen. we, but that neither one of us was probably going to give up those things. Well, and I, so yeah. then there's an ar- arrangement that you create that right. says, I you feel know. like, I also feel like the last time we saw him, we had had like a, like a, a bunch of really good sessions. And then we just like devolved into like basically not seeing eye to eye at all. And I remember him just kind of slumping a little bit, like, ugh. Like, he's kind of like, yeah, he's like, ugh, I thought I had you guys. And I kind of like his slumping in a way, just kind of like, you know, we definitely learned some strategies from him, no doubt, that we may not employ at all anymore. I'm not sure. But (laughs) a lot of it was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, was that it? Uh, But a lot of it was kind of like, you know, in the end, it was, it's still just like, here we are doing this in front of the person who's telling you, pointing at you and saying, talk to each other, talk to each other. And like, well, okay. And then we did. And they was like, all right, great. And then, then you have to hear his opinion. Whereas if we just learn to talk to each other, we wouldn't right. have to then hear the third person's opinion about who's right and who's wrong, which inevitably gets in there, I think. But yeah, maybe there are therapists out there and marriage counselors that are magical. And this guy was very good. I mean, he was really good about not fixing the responsibility on, on one or another person, but in the end, he still ended up doing that, you know. Yeah. Somewhat. Well, and I think <clears throat> I think too that marriage is um, it's just an ongoing dialogue, and we talk often about whether or not we should stay together, which I don't know if other couples do that as much as we do, but I think you well, especially know, now that the kids are older, it's kind of like all right, well, you know. Our children, our children are going to be <clears throat> on their own soon, both of them, and yeah. yeah, whatever, this and that. But like, there's a you can kind of start to picture the next few years being like, you know, we've tried to live a little bit independently within the sort of confines of our marriage. You could become even more like that, right? Without the kids around, and it would it wouldn't be. It, I don't know what that would look like. I mean, it could look like I'm going to live somewhere else for a while or I'm going to... Right. I don't know. Things well, like that. Well, that's interesting. I don't think... I think there are some couples <clears throat> who are just very, like, we, 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 right? And I and feel like... some of that, too. No, no absolutely. But it's interesting because I do think that just because of our divergent interests to a certain degree... That, that it's yeah. become a little bit less like that. And which I think is actually just an interesting model because it shows you like there are no two marriages that are alike. And everyone that I know, you know, is kind of grapples whether they're honest with each other or not about it. They grapple with the idea like, should we be together or especially after so many years? And I think the fact that you and I can be honest about that and have discussions about the realities of what we both want, I think to me is so important because I want to be friends with you forever. You know, when I, mm. when I think of people who, yeah, who I don't are think so we would, whatever we did, I don't think I, I don't, I mean, it could be obviously because we certainly get pissed at each other all the time, but I don't think it would be a real, um, I don't think at this point it would be a real vitriolic type divorce because it would just be all right. Well, but then again, I don't think right now neither one of us really wants. Yeah, we have no idea. Right, but that's the whole thing. It's like in a way, I think just because 
I don't know, my Libra nature or whatever, whatever I'm in. And you know, the famous, I say this, the Montaigne quote, marriage is like a birdcage. Everyone who's out wants to get in and everyone who's in wants to get out. But in a way, it's like, I think there's just that it's my constant, maybe it's the Judaism, maybe it's the Libra, maybe it's whatever. I question everything constantly, which I think maybe you're aware of. Maybe it's the journalist. Well, but, but I, why did I become a journalist? Because I'm so curious about... It was mm. either that or being a lawyer, and they're really the same. You're weighing information all the time and coming down on yeah, one side or the other. Yeah, although you could argue journalists can be more... Right, if you're a, if you're a lawyer, you kind of have to decide which side you're on right although journalists i guess true, yeah true, you right? do yeah. you absolutely do but you know it's an interesting journey <coughs> marriage yeah. and i'm constantly talking to people about their marriages and relationships have always been you know fascinating for me sort of to observe then when you're in the middle of it and you're sort of trying to observe it it can be it can be hard you know but but your game Mostly to talk about it and mostly yes, mostly when you're not listening to a podcast. I could be listening to this podcast. <laughs> oh, maybe that would be a great way of communicating. If I were to create, isn't that what we're doing right now? No, but if I were to create a <laughs> podcast to talk to you, <laughs> then you'd have your headphones. I probably wouldn't and... listen. To that. <laughs> Sorry, no offense. <laughs> You definitely. Yes, Dev, I'm, I'm listening sure to it right you now. You won't listen to this episode, but I hope you I'll all are listening. And uh, I'll hear my voice thank you, and Jordy. Yeah. Thank you, Stephanie. I'm glad that we're no longer strangers. Well, I'm sure or we'll be strangers we? again. Okay. One night, one night we are. One night we're not. As as it goes. Anyway, thanks all for listening. And remember, do talk to strangers, especially if they're your spouse. Remember to talk to them kindly. Talk to strangers.